morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Tuesday morning. We've got all your action from a national uh, championship Monday night, but we really only care about the NBA here. So I'm your host, Dave DeFord, joined tonight by Big Waz because Black Trey bailed because uh, he knew I, I bring the curse, Waz, every single time I host. It's a stinker. <laughs> and tonight we had a bunch of double-digit uh, losses or victories, depending on which side of the aisle you're on. Rob Lopez with us as usual, gassing up this automobile that I'm going to try to not drive into a brick wall. Coming up on the show, Udonis Haslam is going to retire again. And uh, some MVP <laughs> candidates had some big games. But first, two of the West's best teams in a battle. Uh, the Houston Rockets defeat the Denver Nuggets, 125 to 113 in Houston. James Harden continues this ridiculous run he's on. 32 points, 14 assists, five rebounds. Uh, he had a kind of a rough game the other night was against Portland. But uh, tonight, Jamal Murray got, did he drop? Did he get dropped or did he slip? I, this is this is the most important thing from this game. Murray and Harden. Hides licking his chops. It's his, oh. He fell down. That's oh. Okay, because this is a highlight everyone's going to see. Jamal Murray took a knee. Did he drop or did he slip? I I hate to be this political. Um, I know Elizabeth Warren just started an exploratory committee, so we're gearing up for 2020. But to me, that was was a slip. (laughs) Does it matter? Does it matter? No, it doesn't. It still looks cool. That will always look cool when a guy, you know— uses his crossover to change momentum and another guy falls. Like, that'll look cool forever. I remember the first time I saw that in the NBA was Damon Stoudemire uh, back when he was on the Raptors. I think he might have still been a rookie. It was, like, right at the free throw line, and he looked down at the dude like, holy shit, that just happened? And he splashed the jumper. The the best one ever was Randolph Childress from college when he he hit the guy with the crossover, he fell down, and he gave him the, the come here, like, the rock. Uh, and then took the three. Um, and James Harden is, by the way, shooting 100% on threes after he's dropped someone like that. I, he, he never misses. When Seems a guy gets way, embarrassed, yeah, he really like can can step up in that moment. Uh, this is his 10th consecutive game with five or more made threes. James Harden is just ridiculous. Clint Capella with a career-high 31 points, nine rebounds. Uh, Jokic had 24 and 13. Uh, someone tonight compared... <laughs> They said Clint Capella's ceiling is Nikola Jokic. Uh, that might be the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen on Twitter. <laughs> I don't even understand that that comment. Um, but you know what's you know what's so interesting about that is I'm watching the first quarter, and of course, you know I've had my healthy, I've had a healthy amount of nugget skepticism for going on two or three years now, and is and it's mainly because of Nikola Jokic or Jokic or Jokic being the um the best the best player on the team and i think tonight is such an amazing illustration of that right like there was a couple of times where he just straight up got dusted down the court on a miss and Harden, Harden being Harden, he looked up. He missed Capella one time. Um, he caught him another. Capella got fouled. Uh, you know he gets dusted up the court. Forget about picking roll coverage. And again, because it's James Harden and he could splash you to death with pull-ups, like he has to come out on that. And 
you know, he's just it's just so obvious he's not comfortable playing all the way out on the perimeter and like that. And that just punctures the defense in so many other ways because Harden is so good at making sure that ball still goes middle, right? When the big man rushes him, like he's gonna make sure that shit gets to the middle of the court. And you know, you either getting a dunk or you're getting a wide open corner three. And you know, he had a he had a pretty strong first quarter to start. Like he had like eleven points, four boards. But Clint Capel it looked on the box sheet it might look like, on the box score it might look like Clint Capella's paying him to a tie but he's not because like even when Capella's not scoring the Rockets are generating just amazing looks because Capella can threaten people at the rim vertically and Jochich is slow as hell so man the Rockets are just a nightmare matchup for the Nuggets in a potential playoff um round you know and PJ Tucker tonight was seven of 11 from three Wide open, though. Nobody, like, even near him for those threes. Gerald Green was 6 of 10. The other thing that Capella does that I really like that we saw a lot of this last year was kind of new to his game on the offensive end. He can actually make a read when he's the role man. Like, he can find that guy in the corner, and that is when they're at their most dangerous, uh, when the defense has to sag off. Also, when he catches and gathers, like, he takes his time. He has soft hands. Um, Obviously, he's not Hakeem Olajuwon down there, but he understands this, like, situationally what's around him when he catches the ball near the basket, right? Like, he understands exactly where his teammates are. He understands exactly how the defense reacted to the screen and roll action. So he's able to gather, take his time, figure out what's best to do. And he's, you know, he's become a pretty efficient player with it. Yeah, and the difference in this run has has been that Clint Capella is actually figuring Trying. out how to play defense again. You know, yeah. he he was actually, he looked out of shape in the first, the beginning of the year. Uh, his I mean, defensive rating- blame him? <laughs> yeah, but his defensive rating tonight was 95.7. He and P.J. Tucker were both at 95.7, which is what this team needs. You know, missing Ariza, missing Mbamute. The defense is what made them special last year and real contenders to the throne. Um, they're- and, 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 and the thing about it, Dave, sorry to cut you no, off, you're good. is that this is without Chris Paul. This is without Eric Gordon. I.e., this is without any other shot creation um, options besides Harden. And he's able to create the most efficient looks with the pick and roll actions uh, with him. He and Capella, when Joltris is out there, that it doesn't matter against a team like the, the Denver Nuggets. So, you know, I just think the Nuggets against most teams are going to be fine with Nikola Joltris being having, um, you know, assignment discipline. But against a team like the Rockets and a player like Harden who can attack you in like three trillion ways, it's just not going to work. Yeah, and the Rockets 12-2 and two in their last 14 games have like stormed back up the standings. They're looking like they're going to be the four or five seed, uh, potentially even surpassing the Nuggets and like getting that second, third spot. Um, they're looking really good. And, and honestly, man, like James Harden has got to be – one or two in the MVP conversation after this run. I know like, it's crazy to think that, but I mean, of this season, I mean, this is 14 games out of 41 so far and it, but it's like the biggest stretch that anybody's put together potentially in the history of the NBA. I've never seen anything like this. Um, the Kobe Oh six stuff, man, just like keep that, take that home, shove it in a drawer somewhere and forget about it because that was on a losing team. This is, I mean, James Harden is winning these games and almost completely by himself. Hey guys, join us this week 
for the back-to-back Wednesday challenge. That's going to be tomorrow. Go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. That's the letter B, the number two, the letter B. Sign up, deposit five bucks, and get $5 bonus in your bank from FanDuel. Play with other B2B listeners. We do this every Wednesday. But sign up for the first contest of 2019. Shout out to last week's winner and the last winner of last year's Jay Zub, who joined us on the mailbag. Uh, If you take home the victory, as he did in our fan contest, you'll be joining us on a future mailbag. Again, fanduel.com slash B2B for the back-to-back Wednesday challenge. In news around the league, the Rockets have traded Michael Carter-Williams with a boatload of cash and I think a pack of crackers to the Chicago Bulls to clear a roster spot. Uh, there is some heavily protected second round pick. Uh, and today was the the deadline to waive players before their deals guaranteed. The Bulls, uh, the Bulls waived Marshawn Brooks, who they just got in a trade with the Memphis Grizzlies. The Wizards waived Ron Baker. Shout out to Ron Baker for getting the bag, though. It's a great contract for him. And the Raptors waived Lorenzo Brown uh, was Adonis Haslam announced uh, on B-Ball insiders that he's going to retire after this season officially. Now he, he, he said he wants to retire with, with D Wade and that's great. But uh, I mean, he's kind of been like an assistant on the bench without being called a coach this what five years now. Yeah. UD was last seen. I want to say it was one of the Pacers series. I don't remember. It was 13 or 2012 where he made a whole bunch of baseline jumpers in a game that actually like mattered and it helped him win. Uh, he hasn't been seen since. So the idea that he's retiring, announcing, announcing his retirement today is a kind of funny, but a quick aside on the MCW news. Um, Michael Carter Williams once played on an NBA team or what was called an NBA team where he was the best player on the floor for that team night after night. Thank you, Sam Hinkie. Well, Sam Hinkie was juke. All right, look, they were juking the stats quite a bit. He he pulled the Billy Bean uh, closer thing with, with Michael Carter Williams, where he like is high usage, high pace and the stats looked good. And then he conned a team into trading him a really good package. I mean, it was super smart, but at Michael Carter Williams career, I, I'll stand by this has been derailed by the, the idea that he's a lead ball handler. If he'd come mm-hmm. in as like a three and D wing and actually learned how to shoot, he, he actually would be a useful player because uh, he's so big. He's so long, long. He's a good athlete, quick hands. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think it, that was a developmental thing. And as a secondary ball handler, he's not the worst person ever. Right. A guy who can attack off the catch, he can definitely do that. So, you know, the jumper not not ever coming around, that that really kind of killed his career. Uh, Fred Hoiberg said to our friend Zach Lowe that uh, he's not interested in going back to an NBA front office. He wants to coach. He's open to coaching in the NBA. He's open to coaching the NCAA. I even wonder maybe he'll go over there and coach with Rick Pitino. I don't know. But the, the Wolves are extremely interested in bringing him back. They've got Ryan Saunders as the interim coach who eventually is going to wind up being the head coach in Minnesota. Anyway, he's only 32 years old. I wonder if that's the, why they're reticent to just make him the coach was Hoiberg back. I, I guess, <laughs> you know, I'm not really sure what people saw out of him in Chicago. Not to say that he was the in the best position to succeed there. I don't know what people saw out of him in Chicago to make them think that he deserves to run an NBA team or he deserves another shot at head coaching. But I guess, man, here's my question. Mayor. If you don't want to work in an NBA front office, why would you want to coach in college? 
it's essentially, that's what you're doing. If you coach in college, you are the GM. You have to go out and recruit. You have to do all this stuff. So what, I mean, I guess if he wants to coach and just coach, then coaching in the NBA would be kind of the job he wants. But I think Hoiberg could probably walk into any big job that pops up in college basketball this summer. Yeah. And and he, and he'd be qualified and deserving of that because he's actually killed in college. I don't know why people think he'd be deserving of another NBA job right this moment. Maybe you can't make it out to the Los Angeles show on Saturday, but what about the Boston live show March 2nd? That's a Saturday, March 2nd. It's the end of the Sloan Analytics Conference at the Middle East in Boston. Tickets are still on sale. We've got a few tickets left. We're almost sold out on that one. Uh, no VIP unless you get into the Discord. You might be able to get one through there, but general admission is available. Get your tickets soon because they are almost gone. Go to Count the Dings Twitter or Jade Hoy's Twitter, Back to Back Twitter, any of those. We got ticket links there. So, again, Saturday, March 2nd in Boston at the Middle East. Come hang out with us. In our other games of the night, the San Antonio Spurs win their fifth straight visiting the Detroit Pistons, and they beat them 119-107. DeMar DeRozan with a near triple-double, would have been his second of his career. Uh, 26 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. Blake Griffin had 34-8. and eight. Assists in the loss, LaMarcus Aldridge with 25 and six. Uh, the Spurs have been the best offense in the league since December 1st. They keep it up tonight. And really, I don't think the Pistons were in it once the Spurs came back at the uh, beginning of the second quarter. Uh, Bucks, Jazz, the Bucks beat the Jazz 114 to 102. Giannis Antetokounmpo with 30 points, 10 rebounds, which is just ho-hum for him. Uh, Brooke Lopez and Thon Maker with 15 points apiece. Donovan Mitchell with 26 points on 27, uh, 24 shots with seven turnovers. Not his best performance. Uh, Waz, they started out with Rudy Gobert guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo. And you could see Giannis kind of struggle a little bit to figure it out. Uh, essentially, Gobert dropping back in the paint, cutting off the driving lanes, and daring Giannis to shoot. But in the second half, it didn't really matter. You know, a, a, a younger Giannis probably would have had a harder time figuring that out. But slowly but surely every year, he's added, you know, a few counters and adjustments to his game, right? Like, he's I don't think he'll ever be, you know, as savvy as Paul Pierce, right? <laughs> as far as offensive repertoire and footwork and angles and all of that. But he's developed enough counters to where... When you combine his just raw athleticism when it comes to his speed, his quickness, his leaping ability, uh, you know, you can't just leave a freaking a hardcore center on him the whole game. He's too good for that at this point. Yeah, he finished the game 13 of 30. Getting Giannis to go 13 of 30, that's a victory. I mean, you know, if you're the Jazz and I I told you, hey, you're going to play Giannis and he's going to score 30 points, but he's going to be 13 of 30, you'd probably think – Wow, we're gonna win that game. Yeah, you take that. Absolutely, you take that. But it's you know, and it's nice to see Thon Maker getting some tick too. Um, to be honest, because they for whatever reason, Bud has has had him glued to the bench for most of the year. But the bottom line is, man, if Giannis is gonna be playing, you know, a heavy minutes load, you need as much outside shooting as you can get out there. And and Don sometimes he can be a credible posi- a defender for his position. So you know they got to figure out how to get him out there. Yeah, and uh, so the Bucks now twenty eight and eleven, second best record in the league. The Jazz fall to twenty and twenty one, but they are about to have the easiest schedule in the league for the second half. So I firmly expect them to be totally fine. Uh, and to make the playoffs. Uh, that's my prediction. 
I'm, I'm team jazz right now. I, th- I don't think they're going to be, you know, a top four seed, but I do think they will make the playoffs. Uh, so let's not, you know, let's not hit the panic button too early. Wait, so uh, we don't, we no longer think they're the second best team in the West. That's what hey, we listen, all thought preseason. Listen, yeah, it's not just you. It was a I lot, know, but I was ringing that bell so hard. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Well, they you know, they're one guy short, man. They, they just, like Ricky Rubio is, is fine. I like Ricky Rubio just fine. Um, they need another Donovan Mitchell to take the pressure off Donovan Mitchell, not a guy who necessarily, you know, takes that many shots, but they need another guy who can score. Like they don't have a Chris Middleton. Right. And, and that's the difference. Uh, and Rubio speaking of which, uh, he left the game with a thigh injury. And so hopefully he doesn't miss a ton of time. Cause they actually do need him. Um, the Celtics, Beat the Nets 116-95 in Boston. Kyrie Irving was 17 and 6. Jason Tatum was 16. Uh Rodion Kuritz. Is that is that pronounced correctly, Rob? Rodion's Kuruks. Kuruks. All right. So you can cut this, right? No, I'll just leave it in. You can continue. Jerk. Uh, Rodion Kuriks uh with 24 points and Spencer Dinwiddie with 15 off the bench. In New Orleans, the Pelicans defeat the Grizzlies, the hapless Grizzlies these days, 114 to 95. Anthony Davis throws up another ridiculous game, 36 points, 13 rebounds. Mike Connolly with 22 and 10 to Michael Green with 16 and five. Uh, Anthony Davis just is ridiculous. Uh, The Lakers beat the Mavericks and Luka Doncic in Dallas, 107-97. Brandon Ingram looked awesome in this game, 29.6 rebounds, playing good defense. He was all over the court. Luka Doncic looked great down the stretch, but uh, seemed like he was playing one on five at one point, 27 points and eight rebounds in the loss. Lonzo with 21-7-5, one of four from the free throw line, so those free throw woes continue. Waz, um, it seems like the young guys for the Lakers – in particular, Ingram and ball kind of have like three bad games and then one good game. So everyone gets really excited. We got to temper this, this excitement. It's not, it's not the, and my man, Darius Soriano on Twitter talked about this the other day. Like these guys are really young, you know, like the idea that they're going to come out and be consistent every single game, game in and game out. Um, I think it's unrealistic. You see what's happening with D'Angelo Russell with the Nets right now, right? Not this. I don't know that he's the guy that you know his biggest fan thought he would be when he got taken number two overall. But he's definitely not the guy that the Lakers traded away for absolutely nothing, right? Um, and that's just the nature of most young players, right? You see, you watch Luka Doncic against these guys, and, you know, he's just the exception that proves the rule. He looks like an alien out there because what he's doing is out of this world. Like, you literally don't see that all the time. That being said, they should have sold the farm and got Kawhi this summer. <laughs> Absolutely. This, listen, know, man, I was singing this from the rooftops when you have a chance, and this is why I love what Masai did. When you have a chance to get a guy who's like a top five, top seven player, that's the whole point of having these young guys is that you hope that either one of them is going to be that guy or you can flip them into that guy. And they may have had a chance. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's all these reports pop wouldn't deal Kawhi to the Lakers. I, I just don't buy it, man. I think that the Spurs would have taken whatever the best package was. Now, with that being said, if you want to compete, I don't know that the Lakers young guys were the best package. It might've been DeRozan and, and Pirtle. 
in, in one of the other games of the night, the Blazers beat the Knicks in Portland. Uh, Nurkic had 20, uh, Dame and CJ had 17 each, uh, Emmanuel Moutier was 17 and eight for the Knicks and, uh, the Kings in Sacramento beat the magic one eleven ninety five. Darren Fox with 20 points, five steals and one huge dunk on Vucevic. And he told him don't jump. Uh, and that's going to be it. Let's get to the line of the night was Anthony Davis with 36 and 13 rebounds. Giannis Antetokounmpo with 30 points, 10 rebounds. DeMar DeRozan, 26, nine and seven. Blake Griffin with 34 and eight and a loss. Who you got? Um, it's Anthony Davis, obviously. And is and part of it is part of the reason is one, we literally just talked about the Lakers and it's hard for me to think about Anthony Davis and not think about the Lakers. And two, I just watched the big Lebowski the other night and I feel like, um, Anthony Davis is the big Lebowski and the Lakers are going to somehow end up with the dude. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) What he's doing this season is unprecedented. I'm right there with you. I think Anthony Davis, Definitely had the line of the night, and in particular because they won, uh, and they really needed to win that game. Uh, don't forget to go to Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Count the Dings. Give us a like, engage with us there. Subscribe to the Back to Back Podcast feed. The new mailbag, new basketball buds dropping today, and we're going to have a nerder she wrote later on this week. It's live show week, by the way, so a lot of fun content happening across across all of our social media channels, uh, whether it's. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. So make sure you're following us at all of those places so you can see all of the fun stuff that we're all doing all week. And I said all like 800 times there. Uh, Go subscribe to the BOMM feed, uh, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, The Daily Ding, as well as all of our feeds on the Back to Back Network, Key and Fahey's NFL pod, The Interceptable, and of course, The House of Strauss. Uh, Thank you for waking up with us. And Waz, since Trey's not here, can you send us home? Trust the process.